the biggest learning here is like, you know, I thought I wanted something, but it turns out I didn't. End of story. You know, I wanted the reward, yeah. not the struggle. I wanted the result, but not the process. And I was in love with not the fight, but only the victory. And life doesn't work that way. Welcome to the Gift of Failure podcast. The show that asks one simple question, what has failure taught you? And what can you do with that failure to learn? Join me as I sit down with global icons, leaders from all walks of life to explore how they have used their experiences to evolve into greatness. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome my friend Parul Gujral to the show. Currently, he's in Moscow reporting to us. A lot of sensationalism uh, going on right now there. Shout out to uh, all the families that have been uh, suffering through this obscure ordeal in in Russia and Ukraine. But we'll get to the uh, we'll get to some other things later. He's the CEO of Snowball Money, a decentralized finance mobile application that deals with all sorts of different kinds of of cryptocurrencies. Uh, thanks for having uh, having us today, and look forward to to talking a little bit. What's going on, Ari? It's a great pleasure to connect with you. Um, and by way of introduction of Kosi, which I'm a huge fan of, um, have a tremendous amount of uh, yeah, he's man. respect for. So I look forward to our conversation and and your book as well. Super exciting. It's actually, it really resonates with me because once upon a time in a past life, I was um, aspiring uh, by way of writing to communicate kind of the, the shortcomings of, of the dreamer state, turning that into a reality and, um, and the gross learnings on how to tactfully, scientifically and artistically overcome into some predictable results. So um, on Forbes with a f- formerly the chief digital officer of Forbes, we were co-writing um, a whole series on how to find product market fit and fail fast. That, that's super cool. I, I love that fail, that fail fast. John Maxwell, and I've said this a bunch of times, talks about failing, you know, failing forward. And, you know, you're, you're dealing in an industry now that has, you know, so much, you know, mixed feelings in a lot of different ways. And, you know, people might look at, I'm just using Bitcoin as an easy example, you know, taking a, a big dip and then thinking their investment failed, or, you know, does that mean they need to hold in order for it to be successful, you know, and, and for me, you know, as you know, I, I see failure as, as a gift, if there's introspection into what that failure was and a lesson can be extracted. Will you share with us, you know, maybe some of the, you know, quote unquote failures or something that seemed as a failure as you were starting your business or, or just anything in life that, that led you somewhere that you didn't necessarily predict you would go and good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah, I would say like, like most successful people, I'm a serial failure. Um, and there's like the chance. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand too. Right? I'll raise my hand with that too. <laughs> Put your hand up. Um, yeah. you know, there's the cheesy quotes that if you don't win, you learn. Um, and that's kind of, um, Hey, cliches are cliches for a reason. They you are, know? they are, they are, and they resonate. Um, and fortunately, like what I found is, um, if you have a purpose greater than yourself, um, a North star, then when you inevitably fall into the the divots of life, the volatility of life, um, 
you're pulled up versus pushing yourself up and compounding, doing the right thing over a long period of time typically ends up being success. And like, what is a startup? Um, a startup is a group of individuals who believe that there is a problem in the market and they're problem solving what they believe this problem to be. And oftentimes there's two things that happen. Um, one, uh, they're either solving the wrong problem, so they need to be able to problem solve to see that they're solving the wrong problem and then problem to solve. To find the right problem. To find the right problem. Or they're solving the right problem wrong, which is a problem itself that they need to problem solve. And I like that. That's cool. Compounding, doing um, the right thing over a long period of time drastically increases success. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, as you were starting Snowball, you know, what was the impetus for that? You know, was it, did you see that other, you know, maybe quote unquote competitors or other groups were doing it in a way that could be done better? Because, you know, I'm of the, the belief that, you know, big businesses solve big problems, you know, for lack of a better, you know, discussion. So what was the impetus that, that really drew you there? Because I know that you're, you're a deep, you're a spiritual human being and a, um, a very connected person from all the people that I know that, that know you, you know, what, what pulled you in, in, in those words um, to, to creating this modality? And how do you believe that that's helping people now and in the future? Yeah, so been in Silicon Valley for quite some time. It's my it's historically been my home base, except the last, um, I guess. Come down to Austin, man. Silicon Hills. We're the new Silicon Valley. Come on down. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to I'm going to take you up on that. But I'm actually now moving to uh, Puerto Rico next week and um, really looking forward to it. I like it. I like the tax situation there. Great tax situation, but also there's a, um, a booming crypto community of, of folks that have really just defined this market and are continuing to make major major impact by way of investing, by way of incubating, et cetera. So really looking forward to the, the ecosystem there as well and, and helping build that out. Um, but how did I get started with Snowball Money? Um, my family was immigrants from India, and um, I have an uncle who was the oldest of 13, and um, he was... Uh, a farmer and um, he was 21 years old and historically for you know, generations and generations the family was a farmer in a small town in northern India in Punjab, Patiala and um, he had a shout out to all my Punjabi brothers and sisters that are out there all, all the Pajis right um, so he had this dream to break the glass ceiling and um, Indian culture is quite auspicious and he was kind of always believed to be the one who's going to help the village. And so he threw a Hail Mary and applied to UC Berkeley, the oldest of 13 small farming village in North India. And lo and behold, he got in, which was, you know, basically a dream come true. But the second piece was how, how can he afford that? Um, coming to the most expensive city, the Bay Area, and the most expensive state coming from India. And so a thousand villagers gave their life savings. Um, invested their life savings for him to be able to go to UC Berkeley. Oh, the, the villagers supported him, not just the family? The family, the villagers, the community. Um, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So my uncle, um, I have a tremendous amount of uh, respect for him. And um, one day he asked me, um, Beta, which means son in Hindi, Punjabi, etc. He's like, how do I invest in this Bitcoin? 
<laughs> I look, I, I'm ha- I'm half Iranian and half German, and I'm very familiar with the uh, um uh, with, with with the accents to accentuate certain points. So I I I personally appreciate them very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how he sounded in the moment, just reliving that experience. And you know, I'd been dabbling in the space since late 2015, early 2016. Grew up in Silicon Valley, long. Um, that was before that was for a lot of people were looking at this. I mean, that was when I think the vast majority of people, I mean, now the tables are turning. You were very much a pioneer in that space. You know, that was still when it was very woo woo, you know, quote unquote, for what people thought it was going to be. So, you know, a lot of, you know, I commend you for, you know, having the foresight to be able to to see that because a lot of people you know, including some of the smartest minds in the world, like a Warren Buffett, you know, basically came out and said that Bitcoin and crypto is trash and it's another, you know, tulip, you know, tulip bubble, you know, burst or things of that nature. And, you know, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, kites fly highest against the wind, right? Um, yeah. Planes, planes take off against the wind. Yeah. And as a hang glider pilot, um, really there's, three things that I've realized in my uh, entrepreneurial endeavors that lead to success. Um, you've got the hang glider, you've got the hang glider pilot, and then you have the wind conditions. Um, so the pilot represents the team or the founder or the founding team. The hang glider represents the product and the wind represents the timing. And so um, you can have the best product, the best hang glider and the best founder, but if the timing is wrong, um, then you're not going to get lift and you're going to descend directly to the bottom. It's a beautiful analogy, but if one of the other three spokes, just as you said, was missing as well, your, 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 your stool for lack of a better analogy would tip over, right? Well, if you have, if you have the best wind conditions, you can be a mediocre pilot and have an entry level glider and have the most phenomenal flight. Okay, cool. So they're not a cre- so all the pillars aren't created equal is the way you're is if I'm understanding it correctly. Timing um, failing multiple times, like timing is so important. So we started Snowball um, in 2018, right when we post this Cambrian explosion in 2017 of ICOs of these projects that were launching based off of these white papers, but no real utility traction product. And the net result was 2018. People went from the average investor went from 60% in losses to to 93% in losses. And so we started building in the barest of the bear markets. Um, And, and that was, that was the first lesson. Um, No, but that's, but that's also, I mean, if you look at some of the greatest investors in history, you know, Rothschild says it in a pretty crass way but i think the point has been taken is buy when there's blood in the streets you know buffett would say you know when people are greedy be scared when people are scared be greedy right you know and so i i don't usually take that i don't know almost antagonistic view towards that stuff but it seems like in those bear markets that appear to be those massive failures therein lies the potential for massive success is that what you're telling me um yes and no um I guess the first failure for us was when we launched in the or started building in the bear market. We were going um, against the wind. We were going up the hill with the wind against us, um, um, as opposed to behind us. And so um, that's where the first lesson was: timing. Timing was absolutely vital and important. 
Um, the second lesson is, you know, we, we created this platform and, and the idea was um, I had become a, a micro, um, I guess, key leader of influence within um, my communities, startup communities, um, I guess, millennial communities who um, like building things and worked at big startups and loved cool ideas, as well as just friend circles, college, sports, et cetera. And, um, and my uncle had asked me this question, um, how do I invest in this Bitcoin? Like, I guess I, I realized that there was not necessarily a safe place for people to get exposure um, if they opt to play um, into this very risky, volatile space. And that was where the idea of, of Snowball was born. And what we learned after um, raising a ton of money um, and becoming personally the middleman between the lawyers and investors, um, that we didn't, we didn't feel confident that we had a legal path to success. And even though we had a ton of traction and product and design, massive waitlist converted into a huge user base, a month over month growth, um, we had to refund everyone and rebuild everything from scratch, which was one of the hardest. Wow. Um, and well, it shows a lot of integrity, integrity on your part, you know, as well. And so that that's a kick in the teeth. And then what did that then what happened? Well, we, we leaned really deeply into the ethos of, of what, I guess, Bitcoin stands for, which is, you know, decentralized, immutable, democratized, self-sovereign. And originally we built this platform where anyone who wants exposure, they can connect their bank, they can invest into this pseudo index of different cryptocurrencies that are automatically rebalancing. Um, and now we pivoted to being a DeFi app. And DeFi means you are your own bank, you're custodying your own tokens, um, you're logging in through your own private keys, which is kind of complex. Um, and it's Web3 as well, so you can connect with a ton of different services. You're using, you're paying gas transactions, which is basically a fee. Transactional fees. Um, and as we built this, the, the transaction fees for Ethereum were absurd. They went to around like $150 for one transaction. Transactions fail all the time. No, I mean, some of them are crazy on, on, on Coinbase. They're crazy. I think Gemini is probably the one that probably, and I look, I, I know enough to maybe be mildly dangerous. We have a sector, an R&D sector in the firm that we can talk about offline um, that's creating, you know, creating a model, a blockchain model around some of the real estate investment investment that we're doing, creating tokens and um, a series of other things we'd love to talk to you um, about offline. There's, you know, no question, you know, that this is where the, you know, the future is very, very much going. Um, in your in your mind, are you happy that it didn't work that time or that failure? Like, did something else come out of that that would not have come if that, you know, refund of the money and the, you know, you had the whole thing going shut down. Did it work? Where did that lead you? Like the Yiddish saying, and I've said, said this a million times, man plans, God laughs. Like, you know, where's, where did that take you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think at some point you deal with so much adversity. I mean, for us, my co-founder was um, very unproductive and had an incident which you know, required us to let him go. Um, our, our VP of engineering was unproductive and became a security risk. We had this uh, potential investor who came in to be a CTO and, 
and half our engineering team resigned and turns out the guy didn't know how to code. Uh, we had to relaunch our platform from scratch and we went into COVID with no money. Um, um, and so, you know, all of these things are very um, defining of character. And if you don't have, I used to be very driven by like the materialistic or I guess, you know, the clout chasing um, ideology of being an entrepreneur and having success. But once you wash all that away, if you do have a purpose greater than yourself, that really what pushes you through all the adversity. And, and for us, like the biggest learning for us was, you know, when we went DeFi, it forced us to really um, go deep and wide into the nucleus of of what blockchain and cryptocurrencies stand for um, and utility. And before we were innovating from the outskirts and we've really felt like we got a PhD and, and every single aspect from recruiting the right talent, from being able to fundraise from the right investors or be able to generate value from going from an equity to a token model, from um, you know um, fundraising to investing. Um, and all of these things have created strong muscles. Um, and as we continue to fail and progress. Um, we also turn to we continue to build a, a big wealth of knowledge. And you know, my, my latest gig is I'm a very active advisor and owner of a platform called Firestarter, where we incubate and launch metaverse projects. And we were so fortunate um, to be able to. When are, we, when are you going to build the Rastigar headquarters in the in the metaverse, brother? We should talk about that offline. That that's certainly potentially an opportunity of of bringing you into the metaverse because. We kind of are already, we're there right now. In a, in a we just don't know which metaverse is going to be the metaverse, right? Is it going to be sandbox? Is it going to be something else? Like that's kind of what, what I've seen just from the outside of what will be the metaverse or will it be a series of metaverses? Yeah, I mean, if you look at mature markets, there's usually not a winner takes all. It's usually a, a, for, for every, you know, 800 pound gorilla, there's probably 15, 20 apes um, that are also finding like, um, that are solving a unique problem localized to different communities. Um, and so um, it'll be interesting to see how things uh, evolve, but we're really bullish on this categories, not specifically for you and I, but the digital native teenagers um, that are going to the Fortnite, Travis Scott and Marshmallow concerts. Right. You know, for their birthday, want a new skin in Fortnite. It's a different culture. It's a it's a different core value. It's it's just a different way of looking at the world. Just as a just as a quick aside, I I saw something about you just as a human being, just from your family. Is it true um, that you would ask your uncle about when money started to get better? that to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a nice dinner, you can afford it. And his answer was, why would I do that if I could feed a whole village? I don't know if I'm butchering it, but is that true? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, my uncle, um, he's retired. That's so beautiful. I, I mean, I, I saw that and, I, and, and I, I had to ask you because it was just, it, it, like, it was just such a, you know, almost like it's so obvious that you would think from like a human, from a human standpoint, but it was just very beautiful. And I think it spoke to a lot of the ways that you're talking, but um, that's a true story, right? Absolute true story. And, um, you know, uncle, he's, he's living comfortable retirement, but um, he had the pressure of a whole village giving their life savings um, for him to go to school and do something for everyone. And it really is just, um, I guess, become a, a strong pillar of our family. Um, and but going back to purpose, if the purpose is greater than yourself, then um, you're not going to um, 
you're going to, you're likely going to make the right actions or you'll be able to survive long enough to win. Do you think that you need failure to be successful? Well, I think that success and failure are both snapshots in time and um, can be defined um, probably in uh, how society defines it is probably not the healthiest way. So um, really fortunate to be collaborating, advising, um, and working quite closely with Deepak Chopra. And um, Deepak always says, um, you know, success should be defined as love and joy. Um, Naval talks about success being um, happiness as well as, um, I guess, having some sort of outcome in terms of growth that you can map out. And so um, these things are absolutely vital. But uh, if you can give, so so the, the beautiful thing about this Web3 evolution of the internet that we're all experiencing is for the first time, um, as a user, uh, you can become an owner of a platform. And that ownership actually decentralizes, uh, I guess, responsibility. And these different unique, unique use cases, these DAOs that are popping up are, are becoming stronger and uh, than a centralized party because now you don't have to specifically trust one party. Um, and we're really, really excited about incubating this. I think um, these different concepts are going to continue to evolve into what we might see as new standards. And it's exciting to be a pioneer there. Now that that's amazing, and I obviously you know love Naval, love Deepak. Uh, I'm a big practitioner of transcendental meditation that I know, uh, you know Deepak also ascribes to and spoke a lot about. And um, it seems like you're you're very much surrounded by the same people. We see the world through a very similar you know vantage point. You know, there's a question that I ask all of our guests. Um, you know, near the end, I know all of you all are very, very busy out there changing the world. And the last thing I'd want to do is detract from that. I just want to be able to share that message with more people. So they, you know, they see their, you know, more great people out there doing great things. But, you know, but the question is pretty simple. If there's one thing that you wish that everybody in the world knew, what would it be? Hmm. Um, there's a really famous quote, um, that the army says, and it's, um, everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one is willing to die. Wow. So, you know, so the learn, the biggest learning here is like, you know, I thought I wanted something, but it turns out I didn't end of story. You know, I wanted the reward. Yeah. Not the struggle. I wanted the result, but not the process. And I was in love with not the fight, but only the victory and life doesn't work that way. Right. Um, who you are is defined by, by what you're willing to struggle for. See, people who enjoy the struggles of the gym are the ones who have, you know, chiseled abs and they could bench press a whole house. Yeah, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like when you watch his old videos, as an example, of his bodybuilding, he was always laughing and smiling. And, you know, and they asked him one day, you know, very similar in the same you know, ethos of what you said is, you know, why are you laughing and smiling the whole time when everybody's grunting and grimacing and doing whatever? He's like, well, I know every rep gets me one step closer to, to being Mr. Olympia, you know, and there's something massive to be taken from that. But um, I agree with that very much. And look, uh, I have no doubt that you're going to continue to do amazing things and help a lot of people and uh, look forward to uh, when you come back to uh, this side of the world. Look forward to sitting with you and breaking some bread and spending some time together. And uh, and uh, I would say best of luck in all your endeavors. But we know that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure connecting with you and uh, sharing, uh, I guess, some snapshots of 
of our greatest learnings and I would be um, more than happy to help in any way, shape or form. We're doing a ton of investing and um, incubation advisory of different projects. Um, so if there's any unique opportunities. Yeah, I will definitely talk online. I'm definitely going to put you put you with that group and we will be we'll definitely be in touch, my friend. And uh, if there's anything we can ever do to help you, you let us know and keep going out there and keep kicking that proverbial ass and doing some great stuff. Cool. All right. Cheers. Pleasure to meet you. Cheers. You too. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. To access the full scope of lessons, pre-order your own personal copy of the book, The Gift of Failure, currently available on Amazon and other platforms to come. Until next time, fail on, my friends.